Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Craig Swan and Michael Gannon to discuss all the latest from Parkhead. Uh, lads, thanks as always for joining us. Um, I suppose you know, Celtic back to winning ways last night, a first victory of 2021, 1-0, uh, sorry, 2-0 over Hamilton Ackies. Um, but I suppose the sort of big news of the week is Jeremy Frimpong's uh, sudden, we must say, exit. From Celtic, so I mean, so I'll come to you first. What's your, you know, your verdict on this? It's obviously Celtic are taking a huge profit from it, but are there, are there sort of concerns about why he was so keen to to leave? What's what's your take on it? Well, I think first and foremost, the the, the main aspect of the entire deal is that it comes across as fantastic business for Celtic when you consider what they paid for him and just the the, the small development fee. Uh, and what they've been able to make for him uh, from Bayer Leverkusen. Um, concern, I'm, I'm not sure. I think everybody who follows Celtic thinks Celtic is the be-all and end-all, and that's understandably so. But, you know, for a, for a player of, of Jeremy Frimpong's age, to get the opportunity to go and play in the German Bundesliga, um, it's clearly a cut above the Scottish Premier League. Bayer Leverkusen won't be as big a club as Celtic, but you know, the, the, the league and the challenge he might see at that age is something that he fancied doing. So, I guess for everyone, for, for the player, it's something he's obviously wanted. It's good for the club. Um, Neil Lennon was obviously disappointed to lose him, but I'm sure in the cold light of day, Neil Lennon has, he has then subsequently said, you know, it's great business for the club. And really, no, no one loses in this one. Obviously, Celtic would have preferred to keep him playing-wise, but you just can't turn down that kind of money. And in fairness, you can't really blame the kid for wanting to go and try and play in a, in a better league. Yeah, Mick, do you think it's a deal that works for for everybody? I think I think so. Um, I, I think that I mean, that's what he says. The money the money is too good to turn down for for all parties concerned. I mean, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me. He's not actually had a great season, Jeremy Finpong. I, mean, I know no one has at Celtic really, um, but he's, 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 a, he's a potential player rather than a kind of um, current player in ter- for um, for Leverkusen. Um, but this year at Celtic hasn't hasn't been that great in terms of his assists and goals and all that. Not 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 the finest product by any stretch of the imagination. And you got to work out. I mean, purely financially, would, would Celtic make that kind of money if he stayed another two years? Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they've got to take it. Um, and you've got to face facts that this season looks up in smoke um, already and there's a financial problem that this, this season's caused so Celtic could do make a few quid here and there uh, as well so I can understand it I don't think there were too many tears in terms of the support I think there's been a frustration with, with him Paul this season um, uh, in terms of his end product I mean, he's, a, he's an attacking fullback 
His end product isn't isn't that great in terms of his final ball. Um, defensively, and he's again not quite the finished article. So he's a, I mean, very much a rough diamond. Um, Michael, this I, is the thing. Can I just cut in here, Michael? This is something that that you've talked about quite a lot in the podcast, and I think it's bang on. Um, Celtic's old strategy that we've spoken about many times that they've sort of veered from through 10 in a row, this might be a catalyst for it starting again. And it used to be bring in the, bring in the, wrong, the, the young rough diamond and polish him up over a couple of years. Celtic have saved a year in machinery here. One year, not even playing that way, yeah. still made the profit. As you said, they could have polished him up for another two years and probably still not made that fee. So but maybe nobody, it's a good I don't thing think... that... That they're moving no, in the right direction with the model. It's a, to, it's a total bonus uh, for Celtic, because yeah. I don't think that um, when Celtic signed them last summer, or summer before last, sorry, nobody expected to see him at any point in time last season. I mean, he's yeah. what, he's 18 years old, he was yeah. picked up from an academy. You think he's like one of these players that Celtic, Celtic get a few of them, by the way, they pick up these kids from academies uh, down south, and you maybe see them at bits and bobs on them, but they're kind of um, they're cheap investments, really. But he got pitched into a team, obviously, well, El Hamid was injured, he came out the side, and he, and he really played really well last season, he was excellent. So it, it was completely out of the blue. It was a bit of a fluke that he, he turned out to be so good. I think I think everyone at Parkhead was surprised at how well he did. This year, he's kind of regressed a wee but not regressed, that's not fair. Maybe he's not, not kicked on the way everyone thought he would. Um, and listen, see the kid wants to go? You can't do much about it. I mean, no. it's, 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 that's the way it goes. Um, he's a well-travelled youngster as well. He's not, he's not hung about. He's been all over the place. Um, so you know he's he's not scared to go and take a challenge, and it's, see, he'll get more money. Celtic get a good good wedge. He's a player. Listen, I don't I don't think he's been that effective this year. Um, it reminded me, it reminds me a wee bit of Didier Agat, but not as good defensively. Uh-huh. Yeah, that way, I remember Agat used to charge up that flank, and he couldn't cross the road at the end of it. But it got, it got to a point when guys like like Sutton and Hartson and all that stuff, when they even ball running into the box because they didn't expect a ball to come in, so they just got, make, just make sure they get a corner kick or something like that or a throw in. The other good thing, Liam, is it set the bar again for for transfer fees. There was, uh-huh. there was a bit of chat that valuations of the Celtic players were falling and and such like. That's a good barometer. That's a good mark. For someone who you wouldn't class as one of the the elite within the squad, that's, that's well, actually to, a good marker. Yeah. For, for, me, you know, in terms of buying clubs who come in looking for other players. I think that points one, but you surprised the numbers involved. Yes, I am very surprised. I think if you'd have asked any of the Celtic supporters to put a fee or a valuation on Jeremy Frimpong, they may not even have come at half that. No. So yeah. you can understand why they're taking it. No, I mean, absolutely. Because there's no guarantee getting that kind of money in two years' time. Mm. No, if, you said that, if you said last season that he does three seasons and goes for 11 million plus, you'd snap the handoff for it. So mm-hmm. the fact that he's going two years early, then, then I think they have to. They, they, there's no decision to make really. Um, but what they have to do is 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 invest it wisely, and that's the big question at Celtic because I don't think they've invested their money wisely in the last kind of. I would even go back. To Brendan Rodgers' time in charge, their recruitment in the last few years hasn't been good enough. They're, they've spent money, but not wisely. But yeah. that, but that three hundred grand for for Frimpong was invested wisely. That's the one that has been, been quite smart. As well, you know the fact that he has he's he's moved on. Do you expect? You know, Lennon said it's something that's been in the works for you know maybe six or seven weeks now. Does that maybe raise any hope that the they could have already been working on bringing somebody in as a replacement or do you expect to see anything like that over the next few days? 
I would expect Celtic will get one in mm-hmm. um, before Monday night. Um, Neil Lennon's be quite open about the fact that he's hoping to get a couple of deals done. Um, I think Michael makes a fair point about reinvesting wisely, but also in terms of long-term strategy, there's been a lot of money lost this year through the COVID situation. You can argue there's been money wasted, as, as Michael said, on, on a couple of the guys that have maybe come in and not justified their fees at this stage. Um, so I, th- I would be thinking it would be more likely to be along the lines of sort of short-term loan to the end of the season, maybe just as right for right back, rather than you know going out and reinvesting five six million pound on anybody. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it'll just be like a maybe more of a sort of loan short-term fix just to get Celtic through to the rest of the season while they are in the background making plans for the maybe four or five million pound right back in the in the summer. And. You know, because obviously, if they don't bring somebody in, you know, what? How would you, how would you work that at right back going forward? You know, like Fryer can play there, but he's also Celtic's best centre back. So it would be, what, what do you think they could do if, by chance, they can't bring anybody in before the deadline? Well, they've had Ayers. Ayers looked quite looked quite um, decent at right back. To be honest, yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not convinced. Them, uh, you're saying he's the best centre back. I'm not convinced about that. That's the no. case. Uh, no, I'm, I'm still massive reservations with him at centre half. Um, I think he's been all right at right back. I think he's played quite well. Manel Ham is still kicking about. I know there's been talk about his future and all that stuff. Um, but again, yeah. no, I was disappointed this season for other reasons. Um, he wasn't even in the uh, Hammond, was he? No, when he, when, he, when, he came, when he appeared last year, he looked the part. Um, but this year, it's been a complete write off. I say, there may be various reasons behind that. Uh, injury and kind of the fact that, that he's being isolated from his family and all that stuff. And I, I, you got to, you got to take on board. These guys are human beings, and it, it's not happening for them off the pitch. It's not going to happen on the pitch, and it's that's been a bit of a, a, a shame in that respect. So they have got there's two options. James Forrest coming back um, next month. They think hopefully, um, which is obviously the kind of wing back role to play a back three. He's he's um, he's good for that role. So they've got options, but I think I think Swanee's right. I think they'll bring in. I think they'll make a move for for a couple of short term. I think they'll go for loans, really. Mm-hmm. Um, which again is another point. I, I don't know. I mean, the Celtic. I think now are, are, are they are they are they jeopardising next season because of plans. I mean, short term loans aren't going to do much in terms of long term um, planning. So would I mean the, the summer already already looks like a big summer. Um, but always it does make be, doesn't it? I know it doesn't <laughs> seem to be the kind of as as you're right. As I'm saying every year, it's one of the, the, the kind of future proofing doesn't seem to be quite the same every year. Um, now's the time I think they should be looking at getting players on board to get make sure that they're in running in, in July. But short term loans seem to be the way they're looking at. So what I mean, what happens in the summer we don't know because it's going to be a, a, a big turnaround in players. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, no sign of pre-contracts getting tied down and like that. So, there's so much uncertainty around Celtic just now. They just look like a, a, a club that's kind of kind of floating in space just now. Just kind of not just that's just kind of in sitting in stasis. Really, they're not. They're not don't seem to have a, a proper direction at this point in time where they're, where they're going to go. They're just trying to see out this season with with uh, far less damage. I mean, maybe the Scottish Cup. We don't even know what's going to take place. This year, but that could be a competition that, that's important for them. Um, but like I say, they're just they're a club that seems to be a bit kind of um, a bit kind of directionless at the moment until they know for sure where they're going. So that's the way it is right now. Yeah, is that something as well that's <laughs> it's maybe typified in the, the goalkeeper situation as well? Because you know we had last night, 
Neil Lennon saying that you know Barkas's form hasn't been up to it. Um, so Scott Bain is now the number one, uh, but that comes, you know, Lennon said in back in December that he brought Barkas in obviously to be number one, and he wanted them to play. But then suddenly he's back out, Bain's in, and kind of throughout the season it was Barkas, then it was Bain, then Hazard, and it's just been kind of all over the place. What what do you think of the goalkeeper situation, and what do you think needs to happen going forward to to settle it down? Well, I think it's. Uh, I thought the team or the selection of Scott Bain for the game in midweek against Hamilton was, was quite telling because you have a situation where Celtic as a club would probably, you're looking at either sticking with Barkas to try and get the best form out of him because of what you've paid or if you don't think he's up to it going with Connor Hazard because he's the young one and you're hoping that he learns from mistakes that he makes and grows and gains the experience and gets better. But then you have a situation where you have a manager who's fighting to keep his job and needs results instantly. So goes with Scott Bain. Nothing against Scott Bain, mm-hmm. but it's already been proven that Scott Bain is not classed as a number one because he was there before and Barkas was bought, he was there before and Craig Gordon started before him, he was there before and Fraser Foster started before him. So he's not seen, so it's almost like a sticking plaster just to get through game to game. So in terms of, I think there's almost two different dynamics here. You've got a manager trying to get results in the short term, but the club really need to be looking long term on this one mm-hmm. in terms of, as I say, trying to get Barkas to either grow into the role or Connor Hazard to grow into the role, one of the two. In terms of longevity going forward for Celtic, Scott Bain's probably the least positive option. But in terms of getting a result on the night, Scott Bain was probably the best option. So that gives you an idea of the dilemma that, that's faced by the manager and the club. Yeah. What do you make of it, Mick? Uh, the the, the Barca situation is one of the great enigmas in, in football right now. When you come to Celtic, I mean, I mean, it's only a week. I, I, mean, I might be wrong, Swanee, but it was only last week that, that, that Neil Lennon said that he's number one. When he came back from from um, self isolation, I think it was prior to the old Firm game at Ibrox. It was the week of. I think Barkas came back for the game with Dundee United the Wednesday right. before, and then yep. before that he said, "Look, he's the number one. He was bought to be the number one, and now he's going to get the chance to prove he's the number so, one." So, so a month a month on the road, um, he's no longer no longer no longer number one. And only um, two games because he missed two with self isolation. Yeah, exactly. And listen, Barkas, it's such a strange one because. It's not as if he's chucking the ball in the back of the net every week, Varkas. I mean, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's, it's not Gannon-esque on a weekly basis. He's not. He's not posing <laughs> and going through his legs and all that and shanking back passes. No, he's not doing all that stuff. But he's also he's not making any saves. Uh-huh. I, I genuinely can't recall a, a, a kind of game-changing save he's made all season, which is a bit weird for a goalkeeper, really. Um, it just seems to be that everything that comes near him turns to go. Um, uh, uh, listen, you got to feel for the guy who's come across from Greece, and it's it's a time a very difficult time in in, in, in the world. No mind in football. Um, he's maybe struggled struggled to adapt to, to life in Scotland because he's he's not been able to adapt to life in Scotland because he's that's not he's been jammed. Mac, isn't it? Yeah, that's he's been jammed in the house. So I mean, it's like I mean, listen, I can't, I, I, I go back to the point I make about about uh, El Hamid. They're human beings, these guys, and they're jammed up in the house as well, along with their home, maybe from their families and all that stuff. It isn't easy. Mm-hmm. And these guys, and whether we like it or not, football is an obsession for people, but it's also these guys, it's their work. 
So maybe he's, he, maybe he's not settled in terms of the field. On the field, I, I just think maybe, I don't know if there's language barriers at the back, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be a, a presence in, the st- in, in goal. He hasn't like, found like, his voice and he hasn't found his presence no. yet, has he? That's the no. thing. I mean, you, but, <laughs> you need a moment, you're, don't you're, you? Yeah. Do you remember when Fraser Foster signed the, f- the first time, Mick? And uh, he struggled a bit, not unlike Barthcast for the first three or four months. Yeah. And Celtic had a game with Hearts at home, but just prior to Christmas, and they were winning one 0 and Hearts got a penalty with about five minutes to go, and Foster saved it, and it totally transformed. It just, it was like a click of the fingers. He just grew yeah. in stature. You keep waiting for that moment to happen for Barkas. You keep waiting for thinking, you know, Celtic had a goal up somewhere, and with five minutes to go, and he produces a worldie. And just yeah. something just kick start, but it just hasn't happened. It just hasn't made any. You're right. Nothing has happened. I mean, I go back. I go back to listen. It's, it's not a particularly glaring error. But I go back to the night that the, the Ferns Varos night and that 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 kind of last minute goal that Celtic conceded. Yeah. And I just think that moment was a moment that, that I'm, I'm absolutely convinced Fraser Forster would have saved that. That that, that kind of that that kind of that, that's that. Kind of goal was exactly the thing that, that's the strength for Taylor Foster. I mean, he never really didn't impose himself in that situation. The ball kind of kept in underneath him in the near post and all that stuff. And I just think if he made that save, maybe that's the one. So on you're talking about that would have been a, a big moment in Celtic season, let alone uh, yeah. for Barkas. They never made it, and it just seems to be that, that every goal was passing was like that. So you couldn't really say, "Oh, he's definitely at fault." But there's, there's that week I think. A lot of these goals, you think, could have done a bit better there. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Mick. Mike. Every, everyone's the same, isn't it? It's not done really. Apart from the free kick in Milan, when he ran and hid behind the wall, you wouldn't actually say, oh, that's a howler. No. But no. yeah, with every one of them, you, almost every one of them, you say, Foster might have saved that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a that's problem. Gone, gone against him from the beginning, though, the yeah. fact that he's just being judged against Fraser Foster. Who was so so good? But that's the level, Liam. Yeah, but he's also come in and cost five million pounds, and he's on big wages, so it, it has to justify that. I mean, listen, as I say, you got to take a wee bit of sympathy for him that he's 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 passed into the country at a bad time, and it's been hard for him to settle and all that stuff. I get all that, but you still have your natural instincts as a goalkeeper. Yeah, um, and I don't, I just haven't seen him yet. That's recruitment. That, that's recruitment. You always hear people say, you always remember when when Celtic won the double in the centenary year and Billy McNeil said when he was going out to sign players he wanted to know about their characters and things like that. He wanted to know, you know, it goes back even beyond that. What's sort of character you are? Yeah. And he seems, I mean, listen, I don't know Vasquez Barkas, um, but he doesn't seem like quite a, you know, you imagine someone like an Arthur Boric, for example, totally yeah. arrogant, totally, listen, I'm the best goalkeeper in the world, not caring. No, he, 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 you'd imagine he would be a bit more. He probably made up for a lot of his deficiencies with his attitude. Yeah, but Bo- like, I, I thought made, made some made some some big mistakes as well. I but he also made yeah, some absolutely. tremendous. I mean, he done it in all firm games. Chucked in yeah, great yeah. goals in all firm games. But he also made tremendous saves and big moment. He created big moments. Yeah, because um, a big part, like you say, a big character. But listen, Barkas has played. I mean, he's he's played in Athens, which is a ferocious atmosphere and all that stuff. A lot of pressure. Yeah, played for Greece. I mean, he, 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 on paper, you think this guy, this guy fits the bill. But for whatever reason, it's, it's not. It's honestly, it's, it's mind boggling. I mean, you talk about personality. I mean, I say he's, he's he's played in Athens, ferocious atmospheres and all that stuff. Yeah, handled it. Um, 
So you just wonder what 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 is quite going on. Maybe sometimes sometimes it's all about confidence. And if you go off to a bad start, you never really recover it. And I think I, I'm starting to think that might be the case with Barkas. That maybe he did, the start he had wasn't that great. He didn't get that early big moment, and it's just not it's just not happening for him. And you come in, you um, come back on. It doesn't. And I'm and I'm I'm sure all the players in the dressing room are very supportive. But you, pe- people can tell themselves, can't they? If people have got real belief in them. You know, and yeah. if you start getting left out, then you start to doubt yourself. Maybe they don't think. Maybe they don't think I'm that good. And then you come back in, and you know you're scared almost to make a mistake, and then nothing happens for you, and it just it's just a snowball effect. Well, that's what I, I think. I actually feel sorry for him. I, I, he's clearly what a Celtic have recruited properly in terms of the type of character that they need to be a Celtic goalkeeper. That question remains unanswered because we don't really know him that well. But in terms of ability, Matt, you've hit the nail on the head. He played in the Champions League for AK Athens. He'd Manuel Neuer coming up and giving him a pat in the back in the centre circle when they played Bayern Munich because he's such a good game. To tell him that well. he played. He's clearly not, saying, he's clearly it's, not it's, garbage. That, that this, is, is, this is what I can't, this this is what I can't fathom because yeah. it's not... It can't be that, confidence and not settling and just not feeling part of whatever. It's got, it's all got, it's got to be... It can't it has be to. that bad. Uh-huh. No, it can't, it, it, that's what I'm saying. So I just, I just think that it, it has to, it has to be in the start and the settling and all that stuff because there has to be a goalkeeper in there. I mean, he's, he's I mean, what he's got twenty caps for Greece, like you say, played Champions League, played. I mean, in Athens is Athens. I must feel in Athens derbies and all that stuff. Mayhem. So he's not playing for any fans. There's not any pressure coming from. So it's, there's not any pressure coming from the stands. So it's pressure he's putting on himself. I think. We were but, there um, when Celtic played there. We got a, a flavour of what it was like. Well, it's, I mean, it's, that's, that is an intense atmosphere. So he's, yeah. he's, not, he's yeah. not got that because the parts are empty just now. So he's not, he's not having to deal with, with the hostile. There's nobody behind these Chinese goal shouting and him. That are plenty of Celtic goalkeepers have had to deal with through the years. <laughs> well, so, just on that, no. then, though, you know, you, Swanee, you mentioned there that you do have a bit of sympathy with him and we're kind of veering towards saying that it's, it's psychological. Um, so obviously Neil Lennon was quite forthright in how he assessed it um, before the Hamilton game and I was just kind of trying to gauge on social media and after and after as well yep sorry Uh, I was just trying to gauge on social media before we come on how you know Celtic fans have sort of taken to this those comments and there seems to be a you know kind of two sides where some people are like, well, he's not, he's not wrong, and how he's he's described it, Neil Lennon. But then there's also an element that we've been saying, well, I feel like he's sort of throwing Barkas under the bus a wee bit there. What side, if any, would you come down on that? Well, you've got to try different, you've got to try different approaches as a manager to get the best out of people. Yeah, Hardly, you know, they always say <clears throat> some guys need a cuddle and some guys need a kick. Um, Neil Lennon has been pretty supportive of Barkas all the way through. Mm-hmm. As you know, as said, you know, yeah, you know, we know he's a good goalkeeper, and I'm, you know, I'm not blaming him. And you know, people are, you know, he was asked after certain games, and Barkas didn't. They said, no, no, it's a collective, and we believe in him. And so maybe the manager just thinks it's time. Okay, that hasn't worked. I'm gonna try this one and see if that works. Because what's he got to lose in that situation? As it stands at the moment, Vasilis Barkas isn't doing what Celtic paid the money for him to do. So. Why not try something else? This has just become a... I really don't like this. This is a... It, it, I'm probably going to get into trouble for this. You know, it's part of the modern world. The, 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 the modern world of, oh, you can't say that, you can't say that. Oh, here we go, Swan, here we go. The manager's <laughs> been slaughtering players for years, you know. The guy's not been performing. The manager's come out and gave an honest assessment. He's not doing this, he's not doing this, and he's not doing this. 
What's wrong with it? I really don't like this thrown under the bus term. I just uh-huh. don't like it. There's nothing wrong with it. If, if I'm not performing in my job, I'll get a kick and I'll get told. And so will the rest of us. So I'm not really sure that, that that's something we should concentrate too much on. I just think Neil Lennon's been ultra supportive of Barcast and it's not paid off yet. So why, Go, not, try, why, why not try the other, the other way? I think goalkeepers don't get treated the same as, as the rest of the field players at times because you're, they get mollycoddled a wee bit more because you, you rely on the goalie's mental state more than any position to part. Because if you're a midfield player and you make a bad pass, you can go and crunch somebody, you can go and get yourself lifted again soon after. You're a goalkeeper and you let the ball in the back of the net, you might have another five minutes standing there um, let it replay it in your head for five minutes. Um, so it is a, it's a different position. In your case, Mick. <laughs> well, I, I'm actually getting, I'm actually getting palpitations even thinking about it this morning. My, my plane is... Five minutes, that's like, a shot record for I you. Was just, I was just thinking back to a game I played in, um, in the juniors. I mean, I chucked one in him for half time and the, and the manager was in the dressing room and he said to the team, he says, listen guys, you're playing really well. You're doing well. You're, 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 um, you're keeping the ball. You're passionate well. You're creating chances. You, you're, in fact, we'll be heading this game. It was the first clown in the corner. He pointed at me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, thanks for the pep talk, gaffer. <laughs> and how did, how, did, how, did, how did the stick and carrot approach there work there? Well, I, I, I think did I chucked another two in. I think I chucked another two in after that time. Uh, uh, no, it, didn't, it didn't end well. It didn't end well. But, um, but goalkeepers do tend to treat it a bit differently. Do you have to balance that? Because it is, it is a, it's, goalkeeping is more mental than any position in the park. But maybe strikers, I think you could maybe put them in the same bracket. You know, you never, you don't see, you don't see managers hammering strikers and missing chances because they know that it's sometimes psychological and they need that kind of um, thing to turn for them. And goalies are the same. So goalies and strikers seem to get a bit more kind of leeway when it comes to kind of issues mm-hmm. of our confidence. But it's like Swanee says, at some point, if a guy's costing you points, you need, you need to change it. Um, you can't afford to you can't afford to let a goalkeeper play himself into form because it, you don't have that luxury. Um, so I don't, I don't, I, it's a conundrum. I don't know what yeah. happens to Barkas. I don't know. I don't know where he goes from here. How he how he comes back from from being dropped about four times this season. Um, I just I, I'm not. I think it's as like I say it's a conundrum for the, for the management how to yeah. deal with them in the, the, the longer term because um, it costs a lot thing, of money I, I, don't, I don't think that, you know, I'm not saying there's a right way or a wrong way here in terms of podcasts I don't think we know yet mm-hmm. yeah but whatever has been tried so far clearly hasn't worked yeah uh, definitely uh, well so far we've uh, been talking about guys who didn't play against Hamilton uh, so maybe we should spend a wee bit of time to the guys that did um, first win of 2020 2021 as we said earlier on, for Celtic, um, could have been more, do we think, against Hamilton? Is there positive signs in that performance? Played, they, played, they played really well in spells against Hamilton, Liam. Um, listen, you've got to obviously gauge it by the fact that it was a team they were facing, they were at the bottom of the league, so I don't think anybody's getting carried away. I thought it was interesting when we asked Neil Lennon after the game, um, you know, can this be a catalyst for, you know, for... For, for improvement and, and better performances going forward and they just kind of said well listen we've been, been in this situation before we'll see and um, he understood but there was a lot of pace in the play it was a lot better they moved the ball better they looked as though they had a threat listen we'll come back to the same old boring chat that we've had about a million times but I think someone said last night of the game that's like the, only the fifth or sixth time this season that Edward and Griffiths have started together and Celtic played well again. And I think in all of the games, bar the game at Ibrooks, one or one or t'other or both has scored when they've both started together. Celtic just had a threat last night. They had a focal point. 
Turnbull did what Turnbull does. Sorrow did what Sorrow does. El Yanissi was busy. He kind of played in behind the front two. He was good playing central. McGregor was his usual Callum McGregor. But they had a threat. They had something up top to hit. And it was just... It, it, it was so much better. I mean, you saw you saw with the goals. That typical Lee Griffiths. That's what Lee Griffiths does. Ball out of his feet, hit the target, goal, and then he and then he plays Edward. And Edward didn't really look at it at the start when everyone else was really good. The first half an hour, Celtic were outstanding. They really moved the ball about quickly. They were really good. They were creating chances. They were peppering the goal with shots. But still, Edward's touch was a bit out, and he was just a bit. He was a bit lethargic in, in situations. But Griffiths almost kind of hauled him out of it and then put a goal on a plate. Well, I wouldn't say on a plate from, but he played him in and gave him the chance to score. So he was doing a lot of credit, Lee Griffiths, for, for, for what he did. Um, and there was a lot of good performances. They played really well, Celtic. Listen, they were due a performance, um, but they, they did produce one. The trick yeah. now is going to be carrying on. Uh-huh. It's one of those ones where they're, you're maybe on a hiding home at Hamilton on this current run. It's like it's, it's a hiding to nothing in some ways, isn't it? It's like, well, if you... If you don't win, it's another disaster. And then if they do win, it's kind of like, oh, well, it's, it's just Hamilton. And I think, obviously, in the position that they've found themselves in with Rangers, uh, just not kind of showing any signs of slowing down. Is it just, is it as simple? I know it's a bit of a cliche, but is it simple as, as for Celtic as just winning every game possible now and seeing where they end up? Well, I've got, I've got a fairly gentle run of fixtures now. Yeah. A busy, a busy schedule, but a fairly gentle run of fixtures. They've got, um, I think, St Murn, Kelly, Motherwell, St Murn again, coming up, St Johnson, and back-to-back games, Aberdeen. So maybe four or five games that are fairly gentle, and, but they're living this kind of purgatorial existence right now, Celtic, because the season's gone, and the league's gone. I mean, Rangers, I think they need drops points in seven games out of 12 they've got remaining or something like that. Listen, it's it's a, it's a story that belongs in the fiction section. Not going to happen. Season's done. So they'll, they'll kind of, uh, Celtic have to kind of Meander along, picking up results for the next four or five weeks, and see and, and see how how the mood takes them at that point. Um, but as I say, it's like a purgatorial existence for Celtic just now because the league campaign's gone. We don't know if the Scottish Cup's going to get back at any point. Um, so it's it's a strange kind of situation they're in just now. But I don't think anyone would have imagined that the season would be done in January. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, really. Um, so it's and. and all they can do is just turn up and win games because <laughs> if they don't it's going to get messy so they have to keep turning up and winning games in the meantime that's mm-hmm. that's, that's just the, the basis of all that's just the, the brass tax yeah and as well I know you must be honestly you must be scunnered talking about it um, but it's almost kind of purgatorial almost you kind of feel in the, the dugout as well when you're waiting on this a kind of official line on this January review that everybody's been talking about for weeks. But do you, do you think that it is now looking likely that, that Neil Lennon will stay until at least the end of the season? And what do you think are the pros and cons of that approach? Well, listen, none of us actually know what's what, what, totally what's going to happen. Yeah. If you're, if you're Neil Lennon... Celtic, Sony. <laughs> yeah, well... If I would guess if you're Neil Lennon, you've just got to keep doing your job day to day, keep working, keep at it, you know, not let anything else enter your head and just keep trying to get results. What will be, will be. Um, as he's as he said many times, it's 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 not for him, it's a decision for up the stairs. Um, every single football player and every single football manager that's ever been born thinks they can, they can do it. You know, every manager thinks they can turn it around. Every player thinks they should be starting. Neil Lennon will keep working away and keep trying his best. 
and we'll just have to wait and see. Do I think it's likely to, to, to go? Is he likely to say, yeah, I probably do? Yeah, yeah, I think I probably do. I think he'll, he'll continue in the role for, for the foreseeable, mm-hmm. um, certainly for the next couple of months. But as I say, I'm, I'm guessing I'm, I'm not in the mind of Dermot Desmond, I'm afraid. Or, so I, I don't know what will happen. But that, that to me looks like the logical the logical run of events at the moment. Yeah. Mick, do you think that's the way it might go? Yeah, listen, I, 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 I thought I thought Celtic's board, um, Peter Lowell, had boxed himself in um, by, by by going public on this, this January review thing mm-hmm. because at that time Celtic were, I think, 13 points behind Rangers, um, a couple of games in hand, um, and, and the, the, the protests in the stand, outside the ground and all that kind of stuff. Well, the, the situation is very, very, very seldom you can have a, a, order a review at a certain point, and then when you get to the point when the review is meant to be done, and the situation is actually worse, <laughs> and come to the conclusion that you have to maintain the status quo. So, um, I mean, I, I, I thought that was, I thought they boxed themselves in by that because when the results end up uh, taking another dip after the new year, and the situation is down twenty-three points, uh, albeit with games in hand. But um, I find it strange that you can have a review and the stats are in front of you and then the review decides that we'll just keep going where we're going. So I find that strange. I think, listen, I guarantee there's a part of Neil Lennon that surprises he's still there as well. Listen, he's a football guy. He knows how it works. He knows how management can be cut throat. I think he even said back in October when he was under pressure, listen, the results don't pick up. I'll be, I know I won't be surviving. That's the way it goes. As a bit of him, he's probably thinking, wow, how am I still here? Um and he, and he's but he's as a fighter, he's a guy who's always scrap and try and turn things around. He'll believe in himself, um, so you can't blame him for that. Um, but I, like I say, I think a bit of him would be surprised that he's, he's still he's still in the position. Um, but fair fair play. Did it change now? I've I, I said that before. I don't I don't I don't see much point really unless unless you are getting some um, some kind of stellar candidate that can that will rebuild the club in the summer. But then again, you're going to get somebody to come in and watch the league go down the drain uh, for the 10 the road, but um, Jim go down the drain, I doubt it. So you're talking caretakers, and what's the point of that? Uh, if, if they can find some form in the last part of the season and, and line up a few signings, then, then maybe we can Neil Lennon can rejuvenate himself at the club during in the summer. I don't know. Is there too much water under the bridge? Maybe it looks that way just now in terms of support. So I don't know. I just think I think Celtic just now are kind of stuck in this kind of twilight zone just now mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of the whole club from, from top to bottom. Um, so does, does, does changing the manager now make much difference to that? I don't think so. Um, so could, could I see him going on to the end of the season? Yeah, to be honest with yourself, now I'm so surprised at the turn of events in the last kind of six seven months that nothing surprised me now with Celtic. I did I'd no not for a second they've envisaged that the league would be done by by January. Yeah, not not in any stretch of the imagination. We thought the race was going to be tight this year. Could be nip and tuck. Could be quite exciting. Didn't think it'd be nuked by January. So all bets are off now with Celtic. Anything could happen. It's been a sort of odd season, Michael. Where Celtic could just go and win the last sixteen games in a row, <laughs> and, and then what happens? Well, that's the thing. Honestly, a lot of people. You know, a, 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 many supporters have decided that it doesn't matter now whether Neil Lennon does it. Well, I, I don't agree with you, Swanee. I don't agree with you because I don't think Celtic are capable of winning 16 games in a row. No, no, I I'm just saying, I'm, I, was, I, was being, I was being joking. No, I know, but you know, I think it's been the such a crazy season. You can, like, no, I know what have. you're saying. But the structural, the structural problems in that Celtic squad, um, to me, suggest that's not, that's not possible. 
If you're asking me will Celtic win their last X amount of games, then I would say no. I'd be no. surprised if they won the next five, to be honest. No. Well, that, that that's what I'm saying. But I can't, I can't see Rangers dropping points in seven games at 12. And likewise, I can't see Celtic winning 16 in a row. So there's those two scenarios that aren't going to happen. It's only been tongue in cheek, Michael, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you think you were on with Sutton? You've got this argument. I'm missing, I'm missing this, sorry. Yeah, I'm missing, missing sorry for a barney. Chris, you can't get your boxing gloves on because Sutton's not here. <laughs> You're wrong, Swan. You're wrong. You're, I'm not. I'm you're not wrong. wrong. You're wrong. What do you mean, Michael? <laughs> no, that'll be you. That's you on record now, Swan. Celtic will win the last sixteen games. Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm sure there'll be more twists and turns to come. But that's all from us today. Uh, thank you to Swanee and Michael for joining me. And we'll be back very soon to bring you all the latest from Parkhead. Thanks for listening.